0: Things all right in my father's house because Brother Hiles is here. We had some folks on the Holy Land tour <clears throat> that I, t- I took. They wouldn't go unless... They wouldn't fly unless I was on the airplane. They sort of figured that the airplane would stay up because they were with me. I was afraid it crashed because of the crowd I was running with. But this morning I want to I'd like to just reach out and calm your nerves a little bit, and just, and that's sort of what the pastor ought to do every Sunday, just say, I just talked to God, and he's still up there and just doing real well. That's sort of what pastoring's all about. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you for a while on, look at the fowls and consider the lilies. Look at the fowls and consider the lilies. Would you listen to me? I notice President Ford says that we are in the early stages of a recession. And we are. We may as well look at square in the eye. I preached several years ago along this line and predicted it and told you it was going to come. We may as well look at square in the eye, folks. Our nation is just about to go back to the 1929, 30, 31 days. Everybody's all worried. Paper dollars of little value. We've given our surplus to the communists, and last week we pulled another stupid mistake in... Letting Egypt take the food off our tables and, and giving them a loan at 2% interest. I'll take all that money I can get. Our grain coffers are empty. We're following a course toward communism, and there's not a communist country in, America, in the world that's feeding its own people. The polls show that most Americans are afraid of a 1929, 30, 31, 32, and 33 depression. The stock market is poised for a crash. People are hoarding food. The honest, simple truth is, and by the way, this is a sad kind of a sermon to preach to teenagers and kids. Because I'm as sure as I am that I'm standing behind this pulpit that when our teenagers are grown up, And our children are grown up, they're going to be in a world of starvation. We have one choice of two, as I see it, and I'm not an economist but neither are the economists. We have one choice of two, either we have a depression or more and more inflation. Our government is pouring hundreds of millions of dollars today into the economy to stop a depression that will cause an inflation. The price of gold is going sky high. July 1970, gold bullion sold for $36 a pound, an ounce, a pound. I'll take all that I can get, too. It has risen in four years, from July 1970 to July 1974. It has risen in four years from $36 an ounce to $158 an ounce, and today it's $186.56 an ounce it was yesterday. Last week, one day, it went up to $189 an ounce. That's in four years. Our economists say that we will have to have this next year a 30 to 40 percent inflation. Next year, 30 to 40 percent. That means something that costs a dollar now will cost a dollar 30 to dollar 40 next year, or we will be plunged into a terrible depression. Did you notice that the banks have been allowed to cut down on the reserves? I say that either the all nations... We must drastically reduce their prices, or worldwide depression and breakdown of order and safety is inevitable. Now the honest truth is, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you that we're headed for a mess. I mean, we're here. It's, it's on us. It won't get any better. Oh, we may, we may have a little, the prime rate may go down, and I think it will go down probably 8% or 85 by next spring, if, if, if the Democrats keep pouring uh, money in. But the honest truth is, we are in for what we had in the 1930s that was only stopped by World War II. We're headed for it. Now, what can we do? What can we do? Teenagers, I mean it. You're, I mean, you're going to live in a world in America... Where, you, where moms and dads are going to look at little children that don't have anything to eat. Now, every sociologist and economist in the world agrees that in in the next not many years, I'd say 20 at the most, been predicted by many economists and sociologists for years that by 1980 there'd be a worldwide famine. And it's on the way. Now, what can we do? Well, let's see, we could save, (laughs) put all we can in the bank. That's not the answer. Because I remember the old lady in our neighborhood that lived in poverty that had $100,000 in the bank when the Depression came and lost it one day. I guess sort of, I hate to say this because Mr. Walker is one of our deacons and he's vice president of the Hoosier Bank downtown, and so forth, but I hate to say it. But they say, "Well, my money is insured by the United States government up to fifteen thousand dollars." I just soon Charlie Brown insured mine. But do you know, the, the, the institution Uncle Sam is the biggest is in in more debt than anybody I know. I just soon have the Hammond Rescue Mission insured my money. I'm sorry, but. Saving's not the answer. What can we do? Well, some very wealthy people are putting their money in Swiss banks. The economists tell us that, that if you have a lot of money, now put it in a Swiss bank. <laughs> well, I haven't got enough money to pay the postage for the money to go to the Swiss bank with. What can I do? What can you do? Did you know that so much American money is going into Swiss banks? That a man told me <clears throat> recently, that, and I, didn't, I never noticed it. I don't fill out my own income tax, have it done. But on the income tax form that we fill out, did you know there's a question? Do you have a Swiss bank account? Well, that's not the answer for you. I'm sorry, because most of you don't have enough money. And if you do, you won't after the next Sunday to put it in a Swiss bank. Well, what can I we do? Well, here we do? I'll buy diamonds. I'll buy gold bullion. I'll buy silver. And that's what I'll do. Where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it? Well, you say, I'll put it in a bank. <laughs> when the depression comes and see what kind of luck you have getting it out. You say, I'll put it in a safety deposit box. Have you heard about what the presidents have signed lately about the safety deposit boxes in the banks? And under dire need, the government confiscating the state. Have you heard anything about that? I'm going to tell you one of these days about it. We well, you say, I'll dig a hole in the ground. <laughs> I'll put it in the ground. Do me a favor. Let me know where you dug it, would you? What can you do? I'll buy stocks and bonds. Good night. The stock market and Wall Wall Street now is tottering on the top of the... Empire State Building about to fall in any minute. What hope is there? Now, honestly, let's let's sort of just look at square in the eyeball this morning. Let's just talk about it. What hope is there? Let me give you, and I mean this, let me give you the hope. There's a scripture that says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. So I guess the first hope there is is to become one of his sheep. The Lord is... My shepherd. Why, so what? I shall not walk. Huh. See, so you sound pretty confident. You know why I sound confident? I feel pretty confident. God's going to feed me. God's going to feed Jim Bohai if he loses his voice. He's done a good job so far feeding Jim Bohai. I mean, look, the honest. Did you, do you know when the 23rd Psalm was written? Do you know when David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk? David said these words when he had fled the throne. His own son Absalom was fighting against his forces. David had no house, he had no table, he had no food, he had no palace, he had no uh, no ground, he, he had lost everything in the world he had, and Absalom had gathered an army and, 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 and been guilty of insurrection against his own father, and David had fled the city of Jerusalem, had gone down the dusty trail to a place called Maonaim, and David had nothing to call his own, and David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He didn't sit when he had a big bank account, he didn't sit when... When the palace was his. He didn't say it when all of Jerusalem belonged to him. He didn't say it when he sat on the throne. He said it when he was off the throne. He said it when he had nothing. He said it when he had no bed and wished to sleep and no house and wished to live. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. You know what happened? Hey, listen to this. David didn't get through saying this until an old man walked up and said, David, my name is Barzillai. He said, I heard you had some trouble and I brought you some food to eat. Huh? No wonder David is happy all the time. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and God proved it. You know, did you ever know, uh, check your Bible, did you know Philippians 4.19 is still in the Bible? You said, I, I, I've, got to start, I've got to start putting away for a rainy day. No. Oh. What you better do is you better just start stop and realize that the Bible still says, My God should supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yes. Hey, you know where that was written? Huh? was Paul when he said, My God, to supply all your need according to riches and glory by Christ you. Was he sitting at the table of the king? No, sir. Was he sitting on the, on the, on a, on the seat at the Sanhedrin? No, sir. Was he sitting, uh, standing behind a pulpit? No, sir. Was he pastor of the largest church in the world? No, sir. He was in jail thousands of miles from home in the Mamertine prison. In jail. Now listen to me for a minute. Paul was in jail In the inner jail, I mean down, I've been there, and so you have. Down in the inner bottom part of the Mamertine prison, alone and forsaken, Demas forsook him, the Bible says. And alone and facing death, and the entire Roman Empire had its guns turned toward Paul. And Paul was on his knees before God, and he said, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. <laughs> you know what happened? A fellow named Paphroditus came to Rome looking at Paul, found where Paul was, found he was in jail, came to jail to see him, and brought him some food from the Philippian church. God will supply all your... Now, you listen to me. There's a God in heaven, and God loves you, and God knows you're hungry, and God's going to hear when you scrape the bottom of the barrel... And God, no, you're, you're one of his young'uns, and he who caused the manna to fall from heaven every morning for forty years, and he who fed the Israelites two or three and a half million Jews for forty years away from home on their journey and on their wanderings, and he who caused the ravens to come and bring food to his prophet, and he who sent angels to his own to feed them, and he who took the five loaves and two fishes and fed five thousand people. Hey! That's my God this morning. That's my God. My God will, not can, will, not may, will, not could, will, 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 will. all your needs according to the riches and glory of the Christ Jesus. Don't fall into the heathen, pagan, doubting kind of a rhythm. Believe God. I, um, I was thinking a while ago, I was looking out at you and Loving you, sort of, not not sort of loving you, loving you a whole lot. I think I'll make you a promise this morning. I think I'll make you a promise. You folks in the inner circle of our church, you prayer meeting people. I'll see to it you're fit. You say, who are you? I'm Jack Hile. How much money you got in the bank? Oh. Got two keys in my pocket. Don't have a savings account. All I got in the world is in a few direct obligation notes in the church. the church. I mean I promise you this morning, I'll see to it you're fed. As long as half of us have food to eat, as long as half of us have a piece of bread, I'll see to it everybody has a half piece of bread. And I promise you, that as long as I'm pastor of this church, and as long as the plates will pass, and as long as our people will give, and as long as our folks will, as the singer sang a while ago, will love as God wants us to love, and give as God wants us to give. I promise you. I promise you stay up there. I promise you. that I'll see to it that we'll just put some more water in the soup and invite you over. Now, if I love you that much, don't you think your heavenly Father loves you that much? Huh? Let me ask you a question. If you own the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold and the silver and and all the the, the rubies and all the emeralds and all the diamonds, if you own that and had a bunch of kids, would you feed them or not? Huh? You think God's a worse dad than you are? I bet. God, uh, it's strong to bet, but I I bet. I bet God can take care of you. I bet he, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I bind you. God blow it, and God take care of his own. That's his promise. Quit your fretting. Quit your worrying. Quit your stewing. A lot of you folks got enough super sud saved up to wash the whole world. (laughs) Fret up! Not a God, my God. Not one God, my God. Not his God, my God. Shall, not good, shall. Not w- w- Not wants to, shall. Not might, maybe, shall. Supply all, not a part, all. Not some, all. Not half, all. Your needs, according to his riches and glory. So just sort of sit back in the bus and enjoy your life. Fasten your safety belt and- Enjoy the scenery. God's going to take care of you. There's a second thing we have to do. I thought you were going to give us some kind of economic uh, uh, lesson on how to invest our money. I'll get down to that in a few minutes. And I'll tell you how you can do it next Sunday. How about this? First, become one of his flock. Now, if you're not one of God's children today, if if I were you, I'd be every can of hominy in the store. I'd, if I were you, I'd, I'd, I'd get me cartons of sauerkraut and green beans and chitlins. And if I were you, I'd get all the okra I could and all of the, of the turnip greens and the spinach. And if I were you, I'd get all the bread I could. I'd tear down my barns and build bigger barns. If I didn't have God as my Father, if I didn't have Christ as my Savior, if I did not know that I know that I know that I know that if I died I'd go to heaven, I'd, I'd, I'd just hoard and hoard and hoard and hoard. Man... But you don't have to do that if the fellow who owns it all is your papa. No problem there, you see. Uh, Matthew six thirty three says, put him first. You know who said that? The fellow who was born in a borrowed manger, slept in a borrowed bed, fed 5,000 people on a borrowed lunch basket, rode in Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey, ate the last supper in a borrowed room, it's clothed in a barred coat and buried in a barred sepulcher. And yet, John 1, 3 says, All things are made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. He who made the world said, I'll supply all your needs. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. Um, he said, Look. He reached down and he picked up a lily. Now, that's not the kind of lily we have, the beautiful white Easter lily. They call the li- lilies of the field, more like a dandelion. It's, it'd be, it'd be the, the Holy Land's dandelion. He's down and picked up a lily. You can pick them anywhere. He said, uh, hey, look here, look here. He held that lily up and he said, uh, Solomon wasn't clothed like that. So I clothed that lily. I made it. I spoke one day and that lily came into being. I made that lily. He said, you reckon I could take care of clothing you? There he can. He can. I was thinking last week and praising God for the time I've told you about again and again. During the Thanksgiving season, it comes back to my mind. Mama, where are you this morning? Where's Mama? She's sick. Uh, I recall on Thanksgiving Day, 1932, I, as a six-year-old boy, saw my mother open the cupboard of our little two-room shack. We had a, two rooms and a path out to a telephone booth in the backyard. And uh, we, uh, I saw her pick up one potato and peel that potato and cut it up and fry it. I saw her she, sorry, she bowed her head, and I heard her as she raised her voice to God and said, Dear God, I don't ask for anything for myself, but feed my boy. He can't help it because his dad's out drunk today. Feed my boy." And I heard while she was praying the the knock on the front door. I heard somebody shout, "'Thanksgiving basket from Fernwood Baptist Church!' And saw my mother go get the turkey and the dressing and the cranberry sauce and the pumpkin pie and the sweet potatoes and put them on the table. And I saw her dance around the table while I ate and clap her hands and shout, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I, listen, I've been through a depression, I know. I've, I've, ha- I've been through depression with a father who was a drunk and, 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 and nothing to eat and no place to sleep and no and way to pay the rent and no way to get clothes. I've been there, I know it. And I've seen God ten thousand times. I've seen, seen Him take care of His own. He'll take care of His own. Become one of his sheep and put him first. He'll take care of you. You've heard me tell about when I graduated from high school. We didn't have caps and gowns in those days. Cap was something you wore in the cold, and the gown was something you wore in the bed. <clears throat> we uh, came time to graduate. Everybody bought our, all the boys bought a new suit. My mother called me to the front room of our little apartment, and she said, Son, there's no way in the world I can buy you a suit. No way in the world. Tomorrow night's graduation. There's no way in the world I can buy you a suit. I saw her weep her tears and saw her lips tremble. That night I went back to the little room where I slept. I got on my knees and I said, Dear God, I'd like to have a graduation suit so I can graduate. Walk across the stage. Went to the mailbox in the morning. There's a check for fifty dollars. My Uncle Harvey. He said didn't have time to buy anything. I thought maybe this check, for fifty dollars, might be okay. You say, yeah, I'll take care of you. You're a preacher. Everybody gives you a bunch of stuff. You're right. Give me a bunch of trouble, a bunch of criticism, a bunch of gossip, and a bunch of stuff. Right. You're right. Every stitch of clothes I own was bought by somebody else. Honestly, I get embarrassed sometimes because i got so many clothes. Folks just buy me clothes and clothes. They, they keep hoping to improve me some. They'll buy me a toupee. That's what I need. Oh Sully, shut up and go put your corset on. (laughs) But I learned a long time before anybody ever knew ever knew me that God would take care of me. When nobody knew me, and I was a poor little boy, just a poor little boy on the relief and got my shoes. From, from welfare, they used to call it relief, and the WPA, when I was a poor little boy. I knew, I knew, there was a God in heaven and He'd give you what you, what you need. And that day I got that check and danced out, down to the Reynolds Pendleton Company and bought myself a suit of clothes, and a pair of shoes, and a tie. Walked across the stage that night, looked as nice as any boy did. Why? I'm His child. God knows I've tried to put him first all these years. If he doesn't feed me, he's going to hear some barking. Lord, you may as well get ready for it. Because I put you first and you know it. If you don't feed me, I'm going to, I'm going to rub Matthew 6.33 all over heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, look in there. Hey, look at that little sparrow that just fell from the sky. I know his name. I watch all the spares at fall. He said, look at the hair on this fellow's head. I know every hair on the head and know its number. He said, I, who, who, who feed, the ra- feed the ravens, the, even the unclean ravens, and notice the fall and the flight of every sparrow, even I, who chart by heavenly ra- heaven, heaven's radar the course of every fowl of the air, even I, who feed the, lily, uh, cold the lilies of the field, I, who number the hairs, then I will... Apply your needs. If you'll seek me first. All these things will be added unto you. Now, young folks, listen to me. I don't want you to get upset. I'm glad I'm 48. I wouldn't want to be 15 or 16 again. But I'm going to tell you something. You just go ahead and leave God out of your life, and you're going to starve in your lifetime. Yes, you are. You are. You just make up your mind. That this old country of ours listen, we've had it we've we've lived high on the pardon me, hog long enough. I mean we've we've slept on silk and satin and driven our Cadillacs and had our two-car garages and our air-conditioned houses and our our central heating units and and our, our beef steaks. We complained because we don't have beef. We cried because we don't have all the money we need. We've had our strikes, more money, more wages, more comfort, more luxury, less hours, less work. We are just about to find out how they've been doing in India all along. You say, what hope is it? There's only one hope in this world. Only one hope in this world. And that is you put God first. Put Him first. There's another thing. And that is, give God His money. Now listen to me for a minute. If anybody in this house is saying, we are facing some serious days, and I'm afraid I won't be able to make it if I give God an entire week's income next Sunday... You do not know the first thing about God. What you better be saying is, since we're having a depression, since I may not have a job very long, I'd better give it to God. Why? So he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive. Let me ask you a question this morning. If you had two teams of mules... And only enough food to feed one team. And you had one team of mules that worked hard, did the job, obeyed you. And one team that was a loafing, lazy, good-for-nothing team of mules. One team that worked hard and obeyed. One team that loafed and disobeyed. And you only had enough food to feed one team of mules, which one would you feed? I tell you, if God looks down from heaven, he sees a fellow out sowing, and God says, I want to feed him so he can keep on getting people saved. I want to keep that fellow fed. I want to feed him. Now, listen to me, folks, just for a second. Every ear in this house be tuned to me, and every heart be tuned. I'm your pastor. You're my people. I love you dearly, and I think most of you love me dearly. We are a family. Last night, I had an appointment. One of the little college girls came. She's been here two or three years to our college. And she uh, came in, and she said, I was just telling the new girls, you wait till we get back in our church building. You just wait. Take the baby out immediately, please. Right now, please. Quickly. Hurry. And uh, this little girl said, the college student, not one of our own kids here. She is now by adoption, but she didn't grow up here. She said, I was telling the girls in the college, said, you haven't really seen First Baptist Church yet. She said, we meet in the Civic Center and we meet out in the college and building on Wednesday night in the Civic Center on Sunday and service at 9.30 and no Sunday school as such and no classes. and, And she said, and her... Eyes filled with moisture. And this college girl, who who has to pray her own college education down, she said, you wait till we get back in First Baptist Church. She said, we get in our own building. She said, we're in that building. She said, we used to all feel so close. And she said, you'll feel like Brother Hiles is your father. And you're one of his daughters. She said, that's just the way we feel. We get back home in our church. And that's the way I want you to feel. I want you to know that in the depression days, if you get hungry, you dial your number and call the church office and we'll, we'll bring you a soup bone. My mama used to say to me, Son, go down to the store and get dog, get the dog a bone. I said, Okay. You remember the old soup bones? Just have a little bit of meat around the bone. You make soup out of it. I'd go down and say, uh, my mother wants a dog for the bone. Uh, a dog for the bone. We, uh, boy, we would have we had good soup if we'd had the whole dog. And uh, my mom wants a, a bone for the dog. <laughs> and I'd be walking home and it suddenly dawned on me, we don't have a dog. <laughs> and the only way we could be honest is I'd have to go, woof, 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 woof. And my uh, mother put the on for the dog in the water and make us some soup. I mean, you see, we're we're starting this thing together. We belong to the same family. I mean, I'm I'm your pastor. You're my people, and we're not going to let you go hungry. Last night, the young lady from the college came had an appointment. She's had a rather wicked life. She's having a tough time making it through school. She's a sweet, soul-winning Christian. She started to leave. She said, I got you something. I got you something. I said, what is it? She brought me a little box of crackers, little cookies. Remember the animal crackers we used to get? Remember those? Shaped like an elephant. And... and, uh, zebra and all that stuff little little box of cookies like that she said I thought maybe in your council at night I thought maybe that you got hungry and you talked a lot and I told her and I tell you I'd rather have a box of cookies from a girl that's trying to get her way through college for my folks to go together and buy me a new Cadillac let me think about that a minute. I'll, I'll give you the answer next Sunday. I, I don't like to speak hastily. So, I just thought this morning I'd try to calm you a little bit. My blood pressure is fine. But, Brother Hiles, you have any money saved for your daughter's college education? <laughs> no. No. But i got a daddy that loves them and loves me. Well, how's it? You got any money saved for a rainy day? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saved some for a rainy day, but I find it's raining on somebody all the time. So I sort of keep it all gone. I trust in God; He watches over me, or mountain, plain, or on the stormy sea, bold billows roll. He fills my soul, my heavenly Father, watches over me. And you too. Would you bow your heads for prayer, please? We're glad you're our Father. And we're glad that what we preach this morning is reality and not a sermon. We're glad you love us. Thank you for, for inspiring David to write in that dark day of his life, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thank you for inspiring the Apostle Paul to write in the depth of the dungeon, My God, shall supply all your needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you for looking at the lilies of the field and reminding us that you clothe them. Thank you, thank you for reminding us that you feed the sparrows and take note of the fall and feed the, even the unclean ravens, the carnivorous creatures. And i calm my people this morning with a calm and tranquility that will last into and through the recession and depression and famine, whatever comes. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Let you watch over us. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I'm talking to somebody this morning that can't say the Lord is my shepherd. I know, and you can't say you shall not want either. That's just for his sheep. You can't say the Lord is my husband, shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Mother's shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my friend's shepherd, I shall not want. No, no. Here's where you say that. The Lord is my mother's shepherd, I shall want. The Lord is my friend's shepherd, I shall want. Or you can say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I wonder how many this morning would say for the hills, I don't know that I'm one of his sheep. I don't know that my name is written in heaven. I don't know that if I died today I'd go to heaven, but I wish I did. I do want to be one of his children. I want to know God is my father. I do not know that he's my father. I do not know that I'm saved, but I want to know it. For the house, pray for me. On the main floor, would you lift your hand? And with the uplifted hand, you'd say, include me in the prayer. Just lift your hand way up high, would you please? Just lift it way up high. If you don't know that you're his child... Lift your hand on the main floor. God bless you back in the back. God love you. God bless you, little lad. Who else would say, include me in the prayer? Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. On the main floor, you'd say, pray for me. I don't know that I'm God's child. I wish I did. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand, please? Lift it way up high. God bless you. Who else? Yes, who else? Yes, God bless you in the corner. Who else? Pray for me, I don't know that I'm saved. On the main floor, would you lift your hand? The balcony on my left, that's the high school two, the primary one, the junior two, and the junior high two. You'd say, include me in the prayer. I don't know that I'm God's child. I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'd go to heaven if I died, but I wish I did. Pray for me, lift your hand, please. Yes, God bless you. Who else? Yes, I see you. Who else? The balcony on my left, the junior high two. High school, two. Junior, one. Who else? Pray for me. I don't know that I'm saved, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Lift your hand. The balcony on my right, you'd say, include me in this prayer. That's junior high, one. High school, one. Primary, two. Junior, two. You'd say, pray for me. I I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I wish I did. I don't know that I'm His child, but I wish I did. Pray for me. Raise your hand, please. Lift your hand. God bless you. Who else? God bless you. Who else? Way up high, raise it. Lift it high. Way back in the back. The junior three, and and of course there are adults all over the building too. And You're in the section. Anybody back in the back, you don't know that you're saved, but you wish you did. You'd say, pray for me, raise your hand. Yes, God bless you. Who else? I wish I could see you better, but raise it high. I think I can see it. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray for these. Oh, thou the great provider. Thou who dost feed thine own and always has. Thou who didst say that your seed would never go hungry or begging. Comfort our people. Comfort the sheep this morning. But stir those who are not in the flock. May they come to Jesus. Bless these who have raised hands this morning. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed. In a moment we are going to stand and sing. I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. Do not leave the service until the invitation is finished. What kind of concern is it that makes a person want to get the parking lot first and leave a service and not see people come to Christ? If you do not know that you're God's child, if you do not know that your name is in heaven, if you do not know that if you died today, you'd be with Christ, I want you to leave your seat on the first note of the first stanza. In fact, in the balcony, I wish you'd leave your seat now and start toward the Exits and down the down the steps, but I want you to leave your seat when we sing. Come to the exit and down the steps. On the front row, come to the nearest aisle. I want you fellows on the side to be sure they come to the center aisle. Brother Davis, and and, uh, uh, if you would toward the center aisle, and Brother Bill Slade, I want you to come down the center aisle and let me know that you're receiving Christ. Then, if you're on the main floor, just come to the nearest aisle. If you're here and you've been saved and have not yet been baptized or made public your decision, you come. You come. If you need to join the church, a church like this, come on and join this holy band. known to glory go, to dwell in that celestial land where joy is immortal flow. You come. You come. Don't let anything keep you from it. I would be afraid, I would be afraid to live in this age and not be saved. I didn't be afraid to live in this age and be saved and not be a soul winner. So you come this morning. On the first note of the first stanza, leave the balcony and come down the steps and down to the main floor. On the main floor, come to the aisle and down the aisle and make your decision for God. Father, bless the invitation. Speak to our hearts in sweetness and power. In Jesus' name, amen.